0: In Greece, independent journalism faces challenges on many sides. In the last few years, the country has experienced the broad daylight murder of a crime reporter, multiple threats to the safety of journalists, a sprawling surveillance and spyware scandal, and numerous vexatious lawsuits and legal threats against the press. However, these challenges sit atop deeper historical and systemic issues including a problematic landscape for independent journalism, weak media pluralism, prolonged economic threats to media viability, weak regulation, and the problematic ownership of private media by powerful business figures. Greece suffers, in short, from media capture. This phenomenon is defined as a system for controlling the media in which the capture of once independent media houses by vested political or business interests collude to control the narrative and serve their own political and financial ends. In this symbiotic relationship, media tycoons acquire media assets in order to wield influence and favor with the state, while the government benefits from positive coverage in return for indirect subsidization in the form of both state advertising contracts and lucrative deals in other sectors. A new report published on the 29th of January looks in detail at this situation in Greece for the first time, with damning conclusions about the scale of media capture and its impact on the country's democracy. You're listening to the latest episode of Media Freedom in Focus, a podcast by the Media Freedom Rapid Response, which is a consortium of organisations from across Europe dedicated to defending free and independent journalism. I'm Jamie Wiseman, the Europe Advocacy Officer at the International Press Institute, a global media freedom organization based in Vienna. In this episode, we're putting the spotlight on Greece. And to do so, I'm speaking today with Danai Maragoudaki, a journalist at the investigative media outlet, Solomon, who also works for The Manifold. Danai. welcome, and uh, thanks for speaking with us.
1: Thanks uh, for uh, this podcast, Jamie, and thanks for inviting me.
0: Okay, then. You're the author of a new report for the International Press Institute on this topic of media capture in Greece. So how did you go about examining this issue? Why do you think it's needed now? And what were some of the headline findings of your report?
1: So basically, um, I am a journalist in Greece, and uh, I have uh, worked in what we call um, mainstream media here in Greece, uh, even though now I work for Solomon, which is an independent media, as you said. Uh, and first of all, I see the reality of the profession. Uh, I see how the work is being done, basically, In the same time. and. I am, um, I am a part of the audience. I am a citizen that uh, watches, who watches the news, either it's TV, radio, or the, or the web. Um, basically, the point is that we do not have the media we need in order to say that we have a pluralistic and democratic environment. And that's the basic point. And um, I wanted basically to have a report that would explain how things are but let's say in a, in a more everyday way, uh, if that makes sense. Um, so as for the findings that uh, you ask, um, the 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 most important thing is that we see that in Greek media there is a interdependence of media, state, uh, and banks. Uh, basically, we should not forget that the greek media landscape is um how's it called um unregulated for the past 35 and uncontrolled for the past 35 uh, years it's a big uh, period of it's a nice no, huge uh, period of time Um another um, another um, finding is uh, the fact that uh, we have private advertising and banking loans that have created Uh, this landscape where financial dependence on banks and big corporations places editorial independence at high risk. It's pretty simple, basically. How can you write about someone that is giving you money? Um, Another thing is the use of state funding as a weapon uh, from the government to influence the media, and we're going to talk about it later, probably. Um, And the last thing is that we have some independent media that try to gain the public's trust through investigative reporting, uh, but uh, they still lack visibility and influence.
0: Okay, so yeah, you touched on a couple of the key indicators. And um, yeah, the the structure of the report is broken down into private media, public media, um, the system of media funding and state support, and then media regulation at the end. So let's let's turn first to that first indicator, ownership of private media. That takes up a large section of the report how would you characterize the media ownership landscape in Greece today?
1: Okay. With uh, basically one word, I would say what's the opposite of transparent. Um, that's basically one of the problems. Uh, to make it, uh, to break it down, I'd use an example. Right now, the most, uh, the biggest media in Greece um, can be, uh, we can use, for example, um, a businessman, Vakerius uh, Marinakis, as an example. Um, he has uh, one of the biggest media groups in Greece. It's called Alderigo, and in the same time, he's a ship owner. Uh, she has one football team in um, in Greece, uh, Olympiakos, uh, and another one in in the UK, Nottingham. Um, he also have a lot of companies. I mean, in different sectors of the economy. Um, so basically, we are talking, and it will change. Marinaki's name, we can, we can call him Merisanidis, Berdinogiannis, Alafouzos, and many more uh, that have exactly the same assets. And basically, that's the point. We are talking about a very concentrated environment where you have uh, business interests that um, you can see them in the ownership of the media.
0: And then, is it, yeah, predominantly ship owners, which is obviously a very, very lucrative industry in Greece.
1: Yes, it's uh, one of the biggest, uh, the most um, profitable uh, sectors of the economy, even though they have, uh, um, how's it called, the, f- the flights of their ships. The, they may are in, uh, in the Marshall Islands or offshore, basically. But still, the ship, uh, shipping capital is uh, the biggest in, in Greece. Yeah, yeah so that, that, that's the triplet, yes. Uh, a football team, media, a shipping company, and um, many others. Could it be, for example, uh, the energy sector or other stuff?
0: Okay, so major media owned by kind of oligarchic or very wealthy business owners, they then have connections to the financial interests as well as political interests. So, I mean, does this mean that editorial lines of of media are tightly controlled or is it more self censorship of the journalists who work there?
1: Uh, I'd say both. Uh, there was a research, and we and we and we write it in our report that uh, self censorship in Greece is uh, in, a, in, a, in a, it is really high. But basically, you have you have both. I mean, it is censorship, and in the same time, it is self censorship. For example, if you work in um, in uh, in a media that you know that is, let's say, pro-business, pro business, uh, pro, you know what I mean. Um, and what, what do you expect to write that, for example, the ex um, company, uh, the financial results, they were really bad. Do you think that's going to be the title? If that's, for example, a company that belongs to the same person that owns your media? No, I mean, at least to my eyes, it's obvious. Um, so, yeah, that's the point. Uh, we do have censorship and it's uh, at least uh, really obvious uh, that uh, the reasons why.
0: Okay, the second uh, indicator you look at is the kind of um, the system for media funding and state support to the press, particularly state advertising. Um, So, what are the kind of key findings there?
1: That's one of my favorites Um, because it's not that obvious as when we describe, for example, the first part because we said Marinakis has this and that and blah blah blah. blah. So, to basically to the audience's eyes, it's easy to say that obviously in his uh, news no sites were not going to see uh, for example a bad uh, something bad about his team olympiakos um, however in the in the public uh, uh, sorry for uh, for the state funding it's a bit more, more complicated because there isn't only one way to give um public money to uh, a media uh, people who have dealt and especially you uh, you're already known the pets list that we have during the pandemic uh, briefly to, uh, to explain to the people that are listening to hopefully to this podcast um it was um, a list of media that were basically pro-government who received some money uh, during the pandemic in order for a for the campaign um for a stay home campaign um, and and um, uh, some others that weren't affiliated to the government, they didn't receive any money. So basically, the criteria they were really obscure, um, let's say, uh, or not disclosed uh, until um, Vule Watch asked for them uh, through a FOIA. Um, anyway, the point is that you have a lot of ways, you have a lot of ways that the state is giving money to the media in order to. A take ban positive coverage.
0: Okay, so in the first, the first part, the private media, at least in the big TV channels, the printing, you know, the legacy print press, the government can be fairly confident that really damaging articles are not going to appear there. And then another layer, you just described, is the use of this kind of state funding to as a carrot and stick. Right, if, if you report negatively, then you're going to get less money. If you report positively, then you're your revenue is going to go up from this. So okay those are the, those are the first two. And then what about the public media as well? You know this is uh, across Europe we see particularly Poland recently public media facing pressure from government. Um, I understand it used to be you know, more of an issue in, in Greece, but what's the situation of public media? How independent is it and how is that how high is the level of, of government control these days?
1: Uh, To start with, uh, in uh, 2019, um, the Prime Minister um, got under his control, under his office's control uh, the public uh, media uh, which I think is one of the problems uh, that we will try to explain here. Uh, Basically, we have have ERT, the Hellenic Broadcasting Corporation, and we also have APB, which is the Athens Macedonian Agency. Um, In both of them, uh, all the um, um, let's say editor-in-chiefs and everything they are being um, chosen uh, by the government so what we see is that it's time the government changes we see also uh, those positions being changed and during the last years I think it was a political decision for uh, this government to to make to keep the control for example of the Greek a public broadcaster, but in the same time to make it less political. So basically, they added more movies, more TV series, and, and stuff. Uh, that doesn't change the first thing we said, that still it is under uh, really um, under control of the government. So basically, the problem is that we have, uh, we, we do not have years now, editorial and institutional independence. Uh, exactly, due to the lack of safeguards um, from political power.
0: And I guess that's, you know, every new government that comes in, they have levers available to put their own people on the management boards, they have control over funding, I and mean, there's just this cycle of repeated capture. And I mean, what, what impact does that have on the journalism then? you know, If you're a Greek citizen, you're shooting in, what, what kind of big topics are you not going to see reported?
1: That's a really good question. First of all, um, here in Greece, we have one of the lowest, uh, we, we rank lowest in the uh, trust in the media. Uh, or simply, if you pass by a demonstration in Athens, one of the things uh, people will be calling marching, uh, it will be something bad about journalists. And to tell you the truth, they are right, because I mean, people want to know the truth. People talk with each other. We are not a very big country, and sometimes you know what's going on, but uh, you see people in TV journalists just saying lying lies right to your face. Um, so yes, we have that's a huge uh, blow in the in the trust of the people um, uh, towards the media. Uh, for example, let's let's have. Um, a very recent one, last year we had a huge train uh, accident uh, where there were 57 people and young people, uh, they were killed. And uh, it was a huge problem of the way our train system works. And uh, uh, that's a problem of of decades, uh, let's say. However, uh, instead of saying that uh, the government, this government, the previous government, um, they didn't do anything about it, even if they knew it. Basically, the whole coverage was that there was one person that did one mistake, and that was the reason for the um, for the train crash. And basically, that was insulting them, the, the, the uh, all the victims of the tragedy.
0: Mm, yeah, in in communication, you know, times I've been speaking with journalists as well. They said coverage of big rule of law issues like you know, surveillance, also migration, Yeah, yeah, that is just not a bureau.
1: Yes, uh, let's talk about uh, the, the, the example you mentioned. is a perfect example. Uh, the huge spyware scandal that we have the last few years here in Greece. Uh, it started from uh, a small outlet called Inside Story. Uh, you had also Reporters United reporting on that. You had also some other media trying to report on that. But um, it became big only after uh, the Nikos Androulakis, the, uh, the the opposition, um, the, the the president of the party of the opposition was uh, it was revealed that he was also surveyed. And then some some let's say mainstream media they started to report on the matter. Um, that is a huge problem. That is a huge problem. And you see it also, for example, in uh, in other researches that say. Um, how, what, what is the percentage of the people that um, voted uh, in the last elections um, uh, thinking, for example, the spyware scandal? It was only 4%. It's really low, but of course it's low. I mean, most of the people never heard of the spyware scandal in Greece. I mean, most of Europe, I think, knows more about what happened than people here in Greece, and that's a problem.
0: I guess it's a rule of law issue, but it's a problem for Greek democracy as well. Um, and, you know, um, the ability of the media to control, to do its job as a watchdog and to control power. Um, so I guess, I mean, the way you're describing it, you know, there, we have quite a high level of capture of private media, of a public media as well. There are issues in the system for, for state support. But, I mean, there are a number of uh, obviously newer. Predominantly online independent media outlets, as well, right? But is is it issue that they they just they just lack uh, lack resources, lack readers? Their influence is is limited.
1: Yes, and uh, first of all, let's say the let's give a, um a let let's say what's going on. Yes, after two thousand and ten in Greece, uh, we started having um, a great boom. Let's say a boom. Right? That's a bit too much. Anyway, uh, of independent media. You have uh, Solomon. You have Inside Story, Reporters United, Mir, Omnia. You had, you have a lot of them. Um, still, some of them are um, based in uh, subscriptions. Some of them use uh, journalism fund uh, the funding from abroad. Um, I think they are trying to do. We are trying to do. Uh, really good work, really good independent and investigative journalism. Um, it's not something new. It's something also other colleagues tried to do before us. There were also many more examples. I mean, we are not trying to, um, to discover another planet uh, from the beginning. Uh, the problem is that, yes, we do not have enough money. We do not have enough help from, uh, from, from institutions here in Greece. And we do not have enough reach
0: and visibility. Is that an art? Because, I mean, like you said, you know, a number of revelations were made around the spyware by Reporters United and a number of other media, but they weren't picked up. Normally, you'd have information filtered up through a media ecosystem from investigative media, and when bombshell revelations are made, you know, the the public broadcaster would be reporting the biggest television stations with the greatest reach, but. On key issues, that just that just hasn't happened. Then.
1: Exactly, and and we are a bit unlucky because we also have a really bad timing. Because right now the opposition parties are in a really bad shape. So you basically have a really strong government, and imagine we have a, let's say an anti-government publication. The public broadcaster won't uh, uh, won't have it. The public um, TV stations won't have it, and most of the people watch. Uh, uh, the The TV news here in Greece, and most of the media online won't uh, won't publish it either, and uh, the radios either. You have mostly music or it doesn't matter stations, but the news stations still won't uh, publish anything, and you only have a few media of the opposition that will reproduce your story. And first of all, that's a problem because I mean we are not aligned. Uh, with the opposition. And, and the second thing, thing is that, yes, for example, the public broadcaster should publish our story because it is for the public interest.
0: Which leaves us in this this weird paradox where, you know, on the surface, it would look like Greece's media ecosystem is very diverse. There's a huge number of outlets, particularly online. The landscape is very fragmented. You, know, you have an, a large number of media but actually, if you look a bit closer, real media pluralism is quite weak because proper stories are not getting out there, they're not getting picked up, and you have this sort of creation of a, a public discourse within the media that's very similar, not pluralistic.
1: Exactly. I, I absolutely agree. And um, I find it a bit childish, let's say, to say that because, because we have a lot of media, it means that we also have uh, pluralism. Uh, or because uh, because this is something that uh, some people use um, as an example, is that because Solomon, for example, or Inside Story, they, they can write whatever they want and they can publish whatever they want, that means that still we have democracy and pluralism. I don't think it's as simple as that. The point is that uh, the majority of the media... Um, the point is, basically, no. The question is, if the majority of the media work for the public interest if the audience is being informed in a direct and truthful way in my opinion the answer is that it is not and basically after also this report that we did uh, I am sure of it uh, so yes i'd say that the majority the majority of the greek press it is captured and that's a problem
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's a big conclusion but um, it's very well argued in the report um mm-hmm. And just just quickly on the idea that you know well media can can publish whatever they want they can write whatever they want and that that means that there, there's there is media freedom in Greece we've seen that journalists writing on these issues have been physically followed digitally surveilled with illegal spyware sued in court for millions of euros so even there it's not a you know that's that's not freedom to report on these topics so. Um, okay. So just turning to the last question then, I mean, uh, the report makes a number of recommendations as well for government, for reforms, on a number of the topics that you look at. What would you say are the most important to consider?
1: Um, I'd say the most important one is to talk about full transparency of media ownership. Um, that basically goes together. Uh, with the strengthening of the National Council for Radio and Television, which is basically our regulator, um, which now malfunctions due to limited resources. Basically NCR TV uh, deals with um, the ownership of TV and radio, but not for newspapers and most importantly uh, websites, online media. Uh, so. One is full transparency of media ownership. Um, The second thing, we talked about it, is to ensure that every form of state advertising um, or financial support to media is distributed uh, through a transparent and accessible process. Uh, People have the right to know. The third is that we need to strengthen the independence of our public broadcaster and the National News Agency and uh, also to review the need for oversight by the office of the Prime Minister. Um, Another thing is uh, to basically ask for support for the independent media organizations. I mean, we can ask funding for public interest. Uh, for some good quality investigative journalism here in Greece through public grants. Uh, and the last two things is um, basically to adopt some uh, amendments to legislation that uh, that obliges uh, competent prosecutors to justify any surveillance against journalists. That applies basically to the spyware ca- scandal we talked about. And the last thing, and we recently had the... Um, the lawsuit, the slap against Reporters United, Thanasis Koukakis, and the media um, we need a strong legal framework against slaps, and we need help for that.
0: Okay, well, I'm sure a number of yeah, international press freedom organisations, uh, yeah, are pushing hard on those issues as well. Um, a lot of these findings, you know, align with, with uh, a recent media freedom report that followed a mission to Athens by international press freedom groups. It was published recently as well. So um, it's it's important to make those calls. We hope they will, will be heeded by government and other actors. And yeah, Dan, uh, I just from our side, thank you very much for, for your work on this report. Thank you also for your help in the report, Jamie. In conclusion then, all of these overlapping factors combine to create a media ecosystem in Greece, exhibiting multiple forms of media capture, yet one in which the levels of capture and control vary. High levels of concentration of legacy media in the hands of wealthy families and ship owners with varying political connections to political parties, have contributed significantly to a media ecosystem in which, although there are a high number of media titles, real media pluralism is weak, and independent journalism, which fulfills its watchdog role, has been pushed to the fringes. While this toxic capture of the fourth estate and the symbiotic relationship between media owners and political elites in Greece is problematic, as many of the EU's worst offenders for media freedom, wider control of state organs, such as media regulatory bodies, and the system for state advertising is less severe. And while critical hard-hitting journalism is certainly present in Greece and producing major investigations and revelations on topics like the spyware scandal, overall, the governing New Democracy Party is insulated from the effects of watchdog reporting due to the compliance of major television and print media with owners who tow the government line and limit serious criticism. In Greece, as elsewhere in Europe and beyond, None of these challenges are easy to address, and long-term thinking and political will will be needed for bolstering free and independent journalism in Greece, which in turn will bolster the country's democracy. Thanks for listening to this episode of Media Freedom in Focus. For more in-depth podcast episodes about the state of press freedom across Europe, Search Media Freedom and Focus wherever you get your podcasts. To read Danai's report in full, including its detailed recommendations on reform to limit media capture, visit ipi.media. For more MFR reporting, advocacy and reports on Greece, visit www.mfrr.eu. The project is co-funded by the European Commission. Thanks for listening, and until next time.